the Friday GAA podcast with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. Goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGregor. Surely give it in, Conor. What a goal! Mackey heading it towards the 21 meter line. Keep Mackey time. still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is that for Cats? Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind at the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, worth the street. Good afternoon, it is the Friday GA podcast, back on a Friday in its rightful place after we brought it to you a day earlier yesterday and much unlike last week, I um, have not been abandoned by my work colleagues because uh, Jer Gilroy, hello Jer. How are you? Tommy Rooney. Hi Dave. You've joined me this afternoon. I was all on my lonesome a week ago, so we are did back. Did you do a podcast on your own? Well, I did bring in some expertise. In I was Billy waiting Joe, outside. Billy Joe Padden and Brendan Devaney. I was oh, here okay. on time. I, I, you were outside just peering yeah. from the outside in. I was yeah. waiting for you to call me. Praying to be allowed in. So hang on a second. You, you dropped me. You vastly upgraded the quality of contributor and you're whining about it. <laughs> I'm not That's whining. That's what I'm listening. No, I'm not whining. I enjoyed it. I, enjoyed I got it. dropped. I'm sure, yeah. Tommy, you were a recipient of the email that I sent to everybody saying, can anyone do this tomorrow? And uh, I never got anything back. Not the first time Tommy's been dropped, obviously. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, We're going to be obviously talking about the big game of the weekend, which is the second of the two All-Ireland Senior Hurling semi-finals, Tip Galway. Uh, Brian Hogan will be talking to us in a few minutes' time. Oh, Kelly's actually reporting from Croke Park on the day for us. So we'll be getting Owen's thoughts again. And he was on off the ball last night. But the big story of the week has been Tiernan McCann. I know, Jerry, you've been talking to James Horn at length about it during the week and Woolley, obviously, as well. We haven't heard from you, Tommy. Um, what are your thoughts on the developments of the week? Well, um, earlier you, in the week... Do you know Tiernan McCann's like, history? You're obviously a bit of an expert in Sigerson. Did he play Sigerson? Is he that kind I, of I don't. I okay. don't know Tiernan McCann's history. Like, I, I've, I heard about him, but when he really came on my radar this year was when he changed the game against Mead. Come on at half-time. Um, earlier in the week, I tried and failed to make a case for McCann because Tyrone makes it very difficult. A case for what? Not for, not for defending what he did, but for the reaction because there were so many unsavoury incidents in that game yeah and to pinpoint that and like it wasn't that wasn't the reason Monaghan lost the game you know it was a terrible act that shouldn't go on and he made a fool of himself as James Horne said last night but it's happened so much like and I don't think you can just make one case in the middle of a season I think that's too reactionary I don't think it's fair to do that to just make a case to Tiernan McCann two weeks in the All-Ireland semi-final why, the the semi-final why was there not a massive media outcry when Aidan O'Mahony got Donnick O'Connor sent off in Crow Park yeah. yeah that's seven years ago now and I like I'm trying to remember what the fallout was if there was any at all yeah was it I, was, was it even highlighted in the Sunday game that night Gosh, it must have been I'd but say it was but, and was there like oh there's no place for this ban him for life was that an All-Ireland semi or an All-Ireland final? It was in, in 2008. They beat, were was beaten that? by Tyrone in the final, so it must have been an All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah. Um, could even have been a semi-final replay. But at the time, I remember thinking, that's embarrassing, and Aidan O'Mahony's going to watch this tonight and think, I'm an absolute tool for what I've done. But Well, the, the McCann incident, when it happened, I think I only saw a replay, but my reaction during that was like, there have been so many incidences like that game. Paul Finley's hit, Rona McNamee's rotten punch on Conor McManus. 
like when I saw that, it was just like, Jesus, another incident. I didn't realize how bad mm. it was. Like, I think I, I think I actually only saw a replay. Or maybe, but when I saw Michael Shields hitting the ground from Pogini, I was outraged in the month's final. I was like, that's ridiculous. What's he doing there? I, like, I know McCann was like so theatrical. Like, it reminded me of Rivaldo when he hit the floor in 2002 World <laughs> it Cup. It was as when bad ball, as that. Well, it was, but the ball hit him like, but like, it was that ridiculous. It hit him on the knee. Yeah, and he <laughs> grabbed his face and he hits the ground in the corner flag. But there were just so many incidents in that game, and to just ban him for eight weeks for it that was in the, the middle worst of the season. Of them all, though. It was. Uh, no, it isn't. Isn't it? Isn't like uh, physical violence sucker yeah. punch to the back of the head when a man is prone is a cowardly act. This is, no, it's, the it's the worst dive. It's the worst dive we've probably when seen. When I say it was the worst, all I'm separating the physical violence related incidents from the simulation related incidents and, okay so it's the worst it is so no worst I'm yeah. never am I saying that Tiernan McCann going down in the manner which he did is worse than someone punching someone from behind and I'd, I'd also argue that it wasn't just a rubbed head from Darren Hughes like McCann's hair is, is shaving here and he, he got him a little grab but he was going ah, to give it a little tug come on I'd, Tommy please I know, don't I know. go there maybe, maybe he did pull his hair I don't know like, no but like you, you don't a, hit the ground irrelevant, right? it is like, relevant yeah anyway the the question is, like, so hang on, right? The, the reason, the, generally the reason that diving exists in any sport is because the victim of something believes that they're not getting their, uh, the just punishments or justice is not being done. So you exaggerate an already existent foul. I w- that, that's why it, that's where it starts. Yeah. And then it becomes a cheating to get out to win a foul. So at some point... The diving in GEA started because referees are missing stuff like a you know punch. You go oh oh yeah. The big full forwards go down like sacks of shit any time they're touched. No. Or you see even full forwards grabbing the arm of the defender and winning the free in that way. Like that's it's different. Yeah. But it's this this dive it's wasn't. If it's it's different, but it's the same. But this dive wasn't because of, uh, of an injustice. Like McCann didn't have time to think about oh he's hit me here. Like McCann was in that frame of mind that we're just going to get him on his head here and do whatever we can to... Okay, I guess I'm trying to find... to peel it back a little bit to the, the culture where you're saying, look, if the hit you go down, mm. if if you... whatever whatever the fuck it takes to get a free, get that free. What about when, uh, when you're under 12s and you're taught, bend your back, you'll get your free. Do you ever see that? When someone's going to bend their back yeah, in an underage yeah. game and they're waiting yeah. for the tackle to come? Like, I know that's completely different, like, but... You'll get your free if your opponent is stupid if your man enough to, to put his hands in you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. I, that's not cheating. You're just it's actually not. abiding by a rule in the game. It's cuteness, though. and you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position. And you deserve a free if you're tackled in, in yeah, the way that people normally are. I, I see what you're talking about. It's, look, they're they're on a scale here, and obviously at the very top end, the throbbing end is the Tierney McCann incident. Yeah, um, but like, so it's bad, right? But. David Byrne goes to the hospital for two yeah. nights, misses yeah. the rest of the championship. I know. Like, and so generally when I hear someone go, what about, what about, what about, I think, no, I'm not getting involved in this because every what about argument ends up in a horrific place of circularity. Yeah. The point is that justice in the GAA is a minefield. The tackle is not defined properly. You can punch someone in the head and it be kind of vaguely legitimate or legitimized sometimes. And I, I like, so I think Paul Finley should be banned retrospectively yeah, he should be well he was sent off in the end I suppose but, but not for and, the incident for which yeah. he should originally have been that's sent off that's even worse he got booked if Tiernan McCann is suspended for eight weeks justice has not been served no in but, any way but shouldn't he be shouldn't he be, okay. I think he deserves a ban but under uh, what rule eight weeks is a horrendous punishment particularly yeah. if Tyrone were to go on and beat Kerry I don't think he deserves a ban this season I've changed my mind actually on this as well I have kind of I've been convinced that he doesn't deserve a ban because the rules aren't there and that's the problem with the rule yeah, book and that's the yeah. point I made to Mickey Hart on Wednesday night if 
there is a rule in place under which he can be suspended. He deserves a ban. But the that rule that's being invoked right now... Oh, a, you, can, you can make the case. You, you can, can make the can case. Make the case. And the GA would not be making this case unless they knew they were on very firm footing. I don't agree with that. I do think that there's a bit of wiggle room for them where they're like, look, we have to be seen to be doing something about this. And But if the minimum suspension for this infraction is eight weeks... There's no wriggle room for a reduction in the time. No, that he there's, would be there's, there's wriggle room for an appeal. Yeah, so he appeals. So yeah, but he'll either get away with nothing or he'll have to get the minimum ban. However, the Central Competitions Committee has been seen to do something and they've raised the agenda. Mm. They've raised the issues now in the agenda. Everybody's going to have to talk about it. If they'd let it go, there would have been a two day outcry. It would have been over. He would have gone back to training. There would have been some shit on Twitter and yeah. away you go. However, by putting the suspension in place, Everybody's still talking about it, which I don't necessarily think is the best thing either. But like, If he's banned for eight weeks, do you think a message will be sent, an example has been made, and that managers all over the country at every level will be telling their players, do not find yourself in Tierney McCann's situation? Maybe. Like maybe, maybe the thing to do is, at Congress, make this an eight-week ban. Yeah. That stops it. Like It does stop it. Where I think is that's the, the line, though? What do you what, mean? As in, where... <laughs> Some of them are open to interpretation. Did he take a dive or did he lose his footing? Do you know what? This is one of those situations where even if the referee deals with it, retrospectively, we reserve the right to punish you for this. We feel that this is such a shitty thing. Hmm. We're stopping it in our game this summer, this winter. That's it. No, it's not going to happen. The rules of GAA, right? This whole bullshit about it being a manly sport. It is. The rules, you don't need to be a coward to punch people in the back of the head, to sucker punch people, to leave boots in, to stand on their fingers, to twist their balls you don't have to do it mm. you can physically impose yourself on the opposition within the rules of the game that's the best part about the game there's a great video on balls this week of Hank Trainer nailing a, a neighbour of mine in a club game a junior game and me last week and the roars from the crowd as he hits him the shoulder breaking in you should check it out but like I just don't think it's it's in no way fair it's too reactionary it's, it's holding yourself to the wrong ideals if you can ban a man mid-season mm. when there's been there's no precedent for it They've, they've got to go back and ban whoever Michael was. Shields and Lynn yeah, needs a ban Ender Lynn took an awful dive against Down in the quarter you know, final of the Ulster Football it's Championship it's just not fair bring it in in Congress next year Rory Beggan should be banned for the way he fell over I in love the first I, half against Tyrone I, I love, mean, I love Michael Murphy but in the league didn't he win didn't he dive to win a penalty in one of the league games did he yeah, yeah I don't remember that one I don't remember that one you might have so, been commentary um, I've done so many games this year I cannot remember did that particular penalty. was that against Derry did they win a penalty I can't remember. It was definitely like, oh, look, oh, oh I'm falling. <laughs> and, uh, you know. But, like, you do it. Like, if you're going to get away with it, you'll do it. Like, yeah. you will. If I, I was. If falling I was, for a penalty. Diving for a penalty, I think, is. It's different. It's the same thing. It, it's exactly the same thing. If you're not trying to get your man sent off. You're, but you're just trying to get an advantage. A goal yeah. is better than a, a goal in many instances, is at least as good as a red card, particularly depending so on the time. So, if you of the say, game. well, this needs to be a retrospective and that all these incidents need to be analysed post game, like Turner McCann's incident wouldn't be, would be if there was a new rule brought in, are we looking at every penalty? And would James O'Donoghue be facing a suspension for the manner in which he hit the deck no. in the Munster final? That, like, that, was, that was a 50 50. Okay, so but the, you can see my next question. Yeah, where's where's okay, the well, line? There, there is an independent adjudicator or a team of people whose job it is to dole out the discipline and you can come and have a personal hearing but that's these, it's their job and they get whatever video is available from the broadcasters on the day of which there are bound to be three mm. or four different angles particularly for championship games and away you go and it's stamped out like there is definitely a way for this to be the end of this 
But Terry McCann's probably going to play in the next game. Yeah, and he, I think well, he should. I hope but he does. McCann, if this, if this rule was in place, say it, it's this time next year and this happens, Terry McCann should get an eight-week suspension. Michael Shields, there was a bit of contact there. Give him four, you know? Like, you, can, you can take everything. An, you can slay for an eight-week suspension. It doesn't so, have to be Say, eight for weeks. example, if, he, if he's in the exact same boat in which he is now, he'd miss an All-Ireland semi-final and an All-Ireland final for taking a dive. Okay, it doesn't have to be eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it does, it does. It, you, it has to be this kind of, okay... We will tolerate you punching somebody in the back of the head, but we won't tolerate you diving. <laughs> and if you do the diving thing, uh, you're getting eight weeks, and then it stops. Like, yeah. make a stop. Right. Interesting. And I don't think we've probably seen the end of this, but uh, lads, yeah, that's a good start. I think we're going to change codes now. We're going to switch to the All Ireland Hurling semi-final and uh, bring in someone who knows exactly what it's like to play in these huge games. Brian Hogan. Good afternoon. Hey, Dave. Um, I was listening to off the ball last night. Wooly and Jer were speaking to Owen and Dahi. And Dahi pretty much just wrote go away off. He was extremely harsh on them, I thought personally, but he just isn't convinced by go away any year. And despite the manner in which they've beaten Cork and got themselves into the semi final, he's still completely unconvinced. Where do you stand on the whole what go away is going to turn up cliche in terms of this game on Sunday? Yeah, I can understand to a certain degree, I suppose, Dahi's thinking. I mean, you know, um, I suppose we've been burned so many times by, you know, Galway coming up and uh, expecting big performances out of them and, and maybe, you know, they flatter to deceive. So, you know, I, I, in one respect, I can understand why he's, he's hesitant to uh, to maybe uh, back them too much. But, I mean, I, I, I think this year, Galway, there seems to be a different, like, a different vibe of them, you know, even from, from um, Anthony Cunningham, um, just in terms of what he's putting out there, you know, he's, he seems to be far, uh, much more vocal in his confidence within about the squad, you know, and naturally, you know, we're all familiar with, with kind of what he said to Brian after the Leinster final in terms of we'll see you in September, you know, and, and really throwing down the gauntlet, you know, and, you know, that that in itself is a different uh, approach from, from, from Anthony Cunningham, you know, and I think, you know, that's probably maybe something, you know, he's trying to, He's trying to be a bit more public about it, to, to maybe put the, put the pressure back on the players to, to actually live up to that. You know that they have to believe that they are good enough, and he's hoping that by putting it out there, he's showing that he, you know, he has 100 percent faith in his players. And I think, you know, I I don't think uh, Galway are going to be a pushover or, or, or anything like it. Um, and Sunday, I think this is going to be a really really good match. Um, and I think Galway, you know, obviously we all know they have all the, the necessary. Requirements, you know, to, to to go all the way. It's just, it's just always. I think it's just been that kind of um, that mental block, you know, for them. And I think this year, you know, I hope it's only to eat my words, you know, but I think I think they're 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 approaching it, you know, in the right manner. Brian, you've been around for a long time. You've seen Goy over so many years at all levels, and you saw them close up against them in 2012. What are the telltale signs for you? that you can specifically see that when you know Galway are in it and that they're, the vibes are good and that they're the real deal as they were three years ago, as they were, for example, maybe in 2005, in comparison to other years where you knew, you know what, Galway are just not going to feature this year. Is there something you can pick out from what you hear, what you see, the dynamic around the team that you know maybe it is there this year? Yeah, it's it's, it's very hard to put your finger on. I think... Um... I, suppose, I think the first thing is, is the, the physicality. You know, they're, they're, they're a big side. You know, they're as big as uh, a side as, 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 as say, Kenny or Tipperary. But maybe they don't they don't use it enough. Um, and certainly, you know, on the days where they have brought their their A game, 
it's 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 that physicality that they've brought uh, to the table uh, that's then allowed them to hurl. But I think they first first and foremost they've had to I suppose earn the right to hurl, and we all know they're capable of hurling. But you have to earn that right first and foremost. I think bringing that physicality to the table. Um, you know, there's, there, I suppose there's different instances. Obviously, the the big standout one you're probably going back a good few years, but obviously the one that was talked about quite a lot would have been um, would have been I think 2005. Um, you know where um, there was um, or 2001. You know where there was a the shoulder on, on Brian McAvoy before the match started. You know, and that's symptomatic of kind of what what Galway need to do and what oftentimes they don't do. Um, you know, I, I know the year 2012 there would have been you know a number of big battles uh, around the field, particularly you know the midfield battle. You know, Michael Fenley there who would have been a, a big physical presence for us in the middle of the field. You know, and Andrew Smith. You know, and uh, they would have had a good tussle. And it's that you know it's that it's that, it's that element that Galway need need to remember that they have to bring to Crow Park on Sunday. So you and you kind of mean have a fight, start the fight, win the fight. Ex- exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, you know, you, at this level, you know. Every, every team can hurl, you know, but in order to do that, you have to earn the right first and foremost, and you have to put down your own game plan, you know, um, or, and, you know, there's no doubt that TIP are experienced enough, they know what's required, um, they have senior players there who, at the right times, will know what to do, but, you know, Galway at times maybe are a bit, maybe a bit naive in that, you know, and, um, you know, they, they have to, again, they have to earn that right to, to, to allow the likes of Joe Canning and, and Jason Flynn and these guys then to, to, to go and do the hurling uh, that they're all, we all know they're capable of. Um, and, and, you know, particularly, I think, in the first 10, 15 minutes is where, you know, teams tend, tend, to, tend to set out their stall and uh, the tone of the match is set, you know. So it's, it's, it's there that, that Galway really, you know, you, 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 you'll know very early on if Galway mean business. And... Uh, you know, I think that is the first thing, and then then the movements. You know, they can't be static. They can't they can't afford to just, um, I think, go man for man. I think I think Galway have plenty of pace in their team. Um, there's some fine hurlers this year who are really kind of stepped up to the plate in in Colin Mannion and and obviously Jason Flynn and um, this young lad with Whelan's who came in there the last day. So you know, using using that movement to try and disrupt the temporary backs is, is is the other side of it. Then, but yeah, first and foremost, you have to you have to I suppose make yourself competitive in the game. Um, you know, and let Tip know that you're there. Brian, just on the physicality aspect there, David Collins this week was talking about Galway's need to have a bit of hatred for Tipperary this week. And against Cork, you know, they were so ruthless. They had so, like, yeah. okay, their, their accuracy wasn't on, but they had so many shots. They kept going at Cork. Do you think if they bring a measured sort of nastiness to them this weekend, like, can they bring that? Can they just turn it on and, and have it on Sunday? Yeah, well, again, that's partly the reason why I think they're... There's a, there's there's a there's a kind of um, a difference you know I can sense a kind of a difference in in the scholar setup to previous years you know because of the way they went around about dismantling Cork there was as you said that 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 I think uh, ruthless approach you know I mean there was even an instance in the match now I, I, you know I, I I didn't particularly like it but you know there was a case where um, one of the Cork forwards was flattened on the ground and. Um, it was um, one of the, the Galway wing backs think Dolly Burke kind of stood over him and, and, and roared at him and it was just I suppose it was just the body language it was the intense he was showing you know that you know you're on our patch you know we're going to win the, there's nothing going to stop us winning this game and it was a ruthless streak that just they never took their, their foot off the pedal you know they really just they kept driving driving on and, and looking to put more and more scores on the board and it's yeah it's that it's that ruthless streak that where, where does that come evident. from? How, like how can is that Galway just being sick of people saying you know they're not good enough. They haven't got it in. There's always something missing. Like, where where does the team sit down and say, like, lads, we need to bring this to the game? Like, how does that happen? How does everyone just 
get into that sort of sense of mind or frame of mind? Well, that's that's well, that's the key, really. That's it's 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 we'd always talk about, you know, um, players getting themselves mentally prepared, you know, and you're you're in, I suppose, when when you're you, when you're you're in the zone, I suppose, as such, and you're, you're players are you have got a group of players who are totally mentally prepared for the battle ahead. Really, you know, it might sound like cliche, really. The score and, and the flow of the game nearly becomes irrelevant. You know, you you're just so focused on your job and what you're doing. And you know, as forwards, they're just going. They just want to get scores. They just want to keep keep you know pushing. And it doesn't matter if you're six points up, you know, twelve points up, whatever. You just keep keep pushing. And you've seen that from Kilkenny down the years. That um, you know, all you're focused on really is 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 is, the, is your own game and, and 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 the game you know for the team. And and it's irrelevant you know kind of what what state the opposition are in. And, you know, maybe that you know that's probably something you're right. You know, that's come from criticism over the last couple of years, and maybe it's something they would have spoke about as a group. And you know, um, even last year, I mean, having I suppose done a lot of the hurling against Tipperary down in Turles for the first 50 minutes to completely capitulate then, and and to be able to score two ten to a point in the last 20 minutes, you know, I'm sure, you know, that would have been addressed at the, be at the beginning of the year or as the championship started, you know, and why that happens. Now, obviously, they had a couple of matches in a row, but. Still, you know, that would have been a huge disappointment, I'm sure. And, you know, as players, you almost got the sense there was that kind of, as David Collins mentioned, that anger, you know, that hatred that came out, you know, in, in that performance against Cork. And I suppose for me, the big question is, you know, they were able to do that against Cork, but really you kind of sensed all along that they were going to be too powerful for Cork. The question for me is, if they fall two or three or four points behind against Tipperary, can they... Can they stay, maintain that belief? Can they maintain that kind of aggression and, and drive that to pull the match back? Maybe if, if it's just starting to drift away from them, you know. The, the, sometimes with Galway, you know, they're they're very competitive. You know, even against Kilkenny in Leinster final, you know, they're, they're in it. But you always got the sense that once Kilkenny got those couple of points ahead, that Galway, you know, the belief just kind of wasn't there to, to, to really pull the match back. And that's the big thing for me. I think if Galway get a good start to get ahead, absolutely, I think it'll be. A hugely competitive game, but you know at the same token, if Tip get a get a get a, an early goal or good start and go a couple of points ahead, that's where that real I suppose belief that Sir Cunningham and or Anthony Cunningham and Topin is there within the squad. You know that, that they believe that they, they are good enough and that they can push on. That they will they will hang in there and and have their period then and pull it back. And that for me, you know that's 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 really the key question. And I think I think um, they're definitely better placed this year than they have been other years for, uh, in that regard. Maybe when it comes to that kind of belief, Brian, the problem in, in particular is Tipperary because they're really the only team that they haven't beaten over the last 10 years or so. They've only won one in their last 11 league and championship games and it's probably not the wisest thing to ask Kilkenny man about another county having an Indian sign over Kilkenny because you guys didn't really have that problem. Although Galway were probably the one side that, that maybe there was that flicker of doubt when it came to Kilkenny. But do you believe as a player who's played at that level in this whole Indian sign theory that some counties just seem to have a serious problem with others? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't. I, like as you, as you mentioned yourself, I mean, I suppose look, we would have, I suppose, um, lost a couple of matches to Galway over the years, and if anything, that kind of, you know, instill a sense of kind of, you know, increase the determination to kind of set the record straight the next time we met them. And I think you, you know, you'll see kind of if you look through the results, maybe any time that Galway did turn us over, the next time we got to, to play them, you know, it was, you know, pretty. Substantial win for us, you know. It was kind of there was, as David Collins mentioned, there was all, there was that hatred straight away that we just 
you know, the hate, hatred of losing and the hatred for that opposition for having, I suppose, taken what we deemed was was you know our ours or what we wanted, you know, away from us. Um, so I don't I don't believe so much. I don't believe in Indian sign to be honest. Um, you know, if um, I, there was no Kilkenny captain, uh, um, about 10, 12, actually even longer, maybe fifteen years ago, who who said. You know, when they came up against um, against um, one of the other counties, and he said, "Look," and there were, there were, again, there was that history, where the history against Kilkenny to a certain degree, and he said, "Look, if they weren't good enough back in that, in back in the olden days, that's their problem. We're a different team. We're good enough, and that's that's just, that's the matter of fact." And he was kind of saying, "What what went behind, what went historically is, is irrelevant. It's all about today. It's all about this year. It's all about this team." And I don't believe in Indian signs. And I don't think the Galway players will believe in that either. Um, I certainly don't think the tip lads believe in it. You know, I think it's as David Collins. You know, as you mentioned, it comes down to hatred. And I mean, if Galway don't have that at this stage, having lost tip over the last couple of years and particularly last year, um, they'll never have it. Um, it should be absolutely jumped out of their skin to try and set um, set the record straight. As we, uh, you know, as regards to the seat last year down in Turris, um I know. If any were in opposition, that's exactly the way they'd be approaching it, and um, particularly the manner of the defeat. So um, I think Indian Indian signs and that kind of thing doesn't really come into it. I think it's it's very much the players are just going to be focusing in on on you know the day and maybe maybe just looking back at last year, maybe one or two of them maybe felt they had under underperformed. You know that's that's kind yeah. of it's going to be that's the, you know the, you're going to be looking at your own personal performance and trying I, to. I don't even know what an Indian sign is. What's the origins of a chair? Uh... <laughs> I presume it has something to do with uh, the Native Americans um, and their love of iconography, and they're like there'd be a, a sign on a tree somewhere saying, "You pass this, or you're going to die." And be like, "Oh, this doesn't mean anything," and then they all end up dead. I knew. Do you know what uh, Western three of us in the uh, in the studio? You what I meant to ask. I totally made that up, obviously. Well, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Being a credible liar is a very important skill in life. <laughs> Brian, before yeah. we let you go, the um, the lads were talking last night about the situation with the Tipperary full forward line and what goal we were going to do, what measures they take to try and keep a hold of Callan and, and Bubbles. And it's a case of whether they just go man for man or whether they're going to maybe just move away from type and either keep their halfbacks a little deeper than normal or actually go with an out-and-out sweeper or screen. Yeah. What do you think they'll do? Yeah, I mean, I was just, I was just even looking at the the Galway team that lined up the last day. I don't think the team was named for for Sunday, but you know, even if you look at the half back line, there's two of them who traditionally wouldn't be natural defenders, you know, in um, in Italian and in Hearts, you know. So na- so their I suppose natural instinct would be to go forward. Um, so that's something they're going to have to be very conscious about because absolutely you're going to have to against Tip, you have to be very conscious not just of. I suppose giving your your full back line um, some protection, but but just the space in general because the the thing that Tip love is just having I suppose confusion or just kind of uh, almost non formation if that makes sense. They just want to kind of keep it disorganised as possible to allow the likes of um, Seamus. Well, well, obviously Seamus is sitting at the square, but the likes of Bubbles and Bonner Mar in particular, um, the kind of freedom to, to to drift into into these spaces that they be picked out. Um, and again, particularly if they bring on Larry Corbett um, later on in the game. So, yeah, that's the big question. I mean, I know previously uh, approaching matches, we would have always traditionally, I suppose, tried to um, line out the way we want to play the game and try to um, establish our own, I suppose, pattern. But, um, you know, there was once or twice where we did deviate from that and, and go man-to-man. And, 
you know, there's different schools of thought around it. But I think I think um, they'll probably they'll probably will look at one or two matchups. I'd imagine, you know, Shane Callan is not going to drift too far. He's going to probably stay on the edge of the square. So that's probably straightforward enough. Um, maybe uh, Bubbles the Wire will probably need to be covered. Uh, I know Dahi Burke did a man-marking job in Richie Hogan in the Leinster final, and he could be, you know, um, tasked with, with maybe trying to track Bubbles. Um, and that's probably the way to go. They'll probably just pick up one or two of the individuals, you know, I think I think Bonner Mar is something they'll probably have to keep an eye on in particular because, mm. you know, he's the one that kind of makes everything tick in the forwards. He's the one that kind of, uh, you know, makes these runs that just kind of, even when he's not on the ball, he's making a run that's pulling one or two defenders with him that creates a space for the other guys. Um, so they need to just be con- uh, very cognizant of that. Um, and then we're on the centre-back position. Brendan Maher likes to try and drop out. You know, he's, you know, kind of one of these falls centre-forwards, if you like. He likes to drop out, Um around the middle of the field and pick up ball and, and, and so I suppose the Italian is going to need to make a decision or, or at least himself with the management regards whether they, they stick or, or or he drops back and So who's going to win it Brian? Who's going to win it? Um, I suppose after even after all when they talk around Scalway and I think they're going to bring a, a big performance I still I still think Tip um, are going to do it I just I got the sense even after the Munster final just uh, listening to some of the players they seem to be very focused it seems to be a team on a mission, I suppose, after last year's defeat. And uh, I just think they're going to have, they're just going to have enough to get over the line on Sunday. Richie Hogan was on the show on Monday nights and uh, yeah. he was asked, um, what, was, what was that? Yeah, that was, that was, that was quick. Yeah, <laughs> he knows, he knows what's right. going. I was actually listening to him in the kitchen. <laughs> thinking, this is unusual. What's that? You were thinking, this is unusual? No, no, when I heard Richie was coming on, I said, this is going to be good. I knew. <laughs> uh, who do you who do you want to play in the final? Tipperary straight away. He's like, I ah, know. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the answer I'm supposed to give now. It's like, but it's true, isn't it? Kilkenny do want Tipperary in the final. Ah, look, I mean, as a player, I think Richie touched on it. You know, it's it's all about the big day. It's all about the balls, and you know, there is something special about about playing Tip in an Ireland because we're neighbouring counties because of the tradition there, and um, particularly I suppose for Richie, he lives down in, in Callan, which is right on the border with with Munlahone and. Uh, you know, there's a, a bit of added, added bite there. You know, I think if you talk to any of the any of the lads, who, any of the South lads before the semi-final, um, they would have been absolutely peppering to get out because of the whole rivalry with Watford. You know, the likes of Ballyhale and Mullavash and Glenmore, they're right on the borderline. It's gas. Like I remember, I mean, I remember back in 2008 the same thing. Um, like the week leading up to the Orange with, with Watford, and it was it was all the, the kind of the South guys were just like. We can't lose this. It's just it's not it's not an option, you know. It's just we're completely obsessed. And then the following year against Tip, it was the likes of JJ and the lads, you know, the Johnstown up right up in the border. In Fogarty, it just it just means it, it, not that it means more, but I suppose they're they're born and raised kind of in the in the front in the firing line, if you like. Um, so yeah, Richie was Richie was speaking from the heart there. I'd say just in terms of um, the course, it's it's <laughs> the. It's, uh, it's 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 all or nothing in that regard, you know. It's a yeah. tight stakes poker because if it goes the other way, <laughs> it's going to be a long winter. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it, from 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 that perspective, yeah, it's 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 uh, you know, if you're on the border, it's it's it, it, it's a it's a big one. But look, I mean, realistically, and I think Richie was right when he came back to it. You know, I think ultimately they won't give a damn uh, once they come out the right side, whoever it's against, be it Galway or or Tip. I guarantee you, the Ireland in 2012 is valued as much as any of them. Um, you know, so it's 
when it comes down to it, probably the players won't really give a give a damn either way. Once once obviously the results goes the right way, it's, it's the supporters maybe will have a, a preference. Brian, great talking to you. Enjoy the game, and we'll chat to you next week. Cheers, Dave. So Brian Hogan reckons it's going to be a tip victory, pretty much backing up what everybody else is saying. That piece with Richie on Monday night, if for any of our listeners haven't heard it, make sure you do go onto Newstalk.com or SoundCloud or iTunes, wherever you uh, download your podcast and have a listen back, because it's probably the GAA or the post-match GAA interview of the year. Yeah, refreshing to hear someone being honest. I, it's the first time, and I've probably heard that question being asked by a commentator slash a poor slash show <coughs> presenter a million times. Who would you prefer to face in the final? Or do you care? Is generally instead of like... <laughs> and it's always, ah, oh, sure, look, we're just glad to be there now. And, you know, whoever comes out the right side of the result, we'll, we'll be happy to face them. And we know we're going to have to push and drive on and, you know, knuckle down over the next three weeks and put the shoulder to the wheel. And we know what we did last day won't be good enough to win the next day. And all that usual crap. But Richie just yeah, we want tip. Yeah. And there's going to be no repercussions. No one's going to be pinning anything up to the inside of the uh, dressing room wall. Mar. Yeah, uh, Mar in the final is going to be like, yeah, you wanted it, buddy. I'm here for you. <laughs> why can't they all just answer questions it's like that? It's going to be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, tip have to win, obviously. So. But why don't they just all take leaf out of Richie's book and just go, you know, this is what I think. There is this, somebody from Kilkenny said to me, ah, yeah, if God we win, it'll be bloodless for us. And then there was like, a, there was a pause. And I was like, I don't really mean that, but you know. Yeah. As, as in we'll derive no satisfaction from winning an All-Ireland against Galway it's kind of like it's not a you know it's not the same You beat. we know that if Tipperary play Kilkenny in an All-Ireland final the record books will show the two best teams in the country over the last decade met in another All-Ireland mm. final yeah. for the umpteenth time and all is well with the world but if Galway get into the All-Ireland final and get beaten by 10 points it's like oh hang on Kilkenny beat everybody they got a bit of a game from Waterford handy, actually, handy All-Ireland yeah like if you if you were talking to Daryl Shea now and you said right you've um, your Mayo All Irelands or handy All Irelands or the Cork ones or handy yeah. ones I'm like, going to take the All Ireland from 2006 away from you I'm going to replace it with the 2008 All Ireland he would just be absolutely over the moon wouldn't he I suspect he'd give up so four much of them. more like four of his six yeah to to win to have won one of the ones against, against Tyrone. Tyrone yeah. <laughs> You're shitting me. They want to, to, uh, definitely, I'll give you. I'll trade you two mayos and one cork for a Tyrone at least. That's my. That's an interesting question we might put to him next time. Yeah. Although he probably won't answer it honestly because then he really will be giving it to Tyrone if he's Ed willing to admit publicly but know, that time much it hurt them. They know that, like we all know. Yeah. It's It's this like oh, anytime you you meet a Kerry football fan, Terry O'Sullivan, talk about <laughs> team of the decades. It's the most annoying thing. The, the team of the noughties was undoubtedly Tyrone. Came from nowhere when the first ever All Ireland. Did it again. Did it again. Did it through the back door when they had to, mm. and uh, and came from the Ulster Football Championship. Yeah, which automatically makes every All Ireland that an Ulster team wins better because it's the hardest one. Yeah, uh, Kerry can't buy that because they won more All Irelands. Lads, it's been a pleasure. We've only got a few more of these left. Yeah, we've only got what two semis in a final. Oh, and a hurling final as well. Four. Tommy's going to come in on Fridays left. and just talk to the mic anyway. Yeah, For some there might be a couple of replays. You reckon between now and the end of September? Obviously, the, a draw in the hurling final is a guarantee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I think. After that? No. No, no more. Mayo Dublin? Mayo Dublin. If that goes to a replay, it's going to be, be because it was like 2.22 apiece. Yeah. It's going to be one of the greatest games of all time. Can't wait. Lads. Every time we say that, it's always disappointing. <laughs> Touchwood. I think it'll be a mediocre game. I'm, I'm not really looking forward to it. You going for Chip? You yeah. want Tip. You want to see I, Tip Kilkenny, don't you? No, know, I want to see Galway win the All-Ireland because it means that then we have loads of teams yeah, who are capable of winning the All-Ireland. I'd love to see Galway win the All-Ireland. I really do. It I would just, be great. I don't know if they're 
quite ready for it. Galway's trouble is that they reached the All Ireland final so early in the Cunningham cycle, and they completely transformed their tactics the next year, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever mm. because they were playing with a, a third man in midfield who was Damien Hayes, who played the hurling of his career, yeah. won an All Star, and then they they abandoned that the next year. They abandoned it after the first game, didn't they? In the final. Uh, did they not no. do it in the replay? Oh, did they do it in the replay? Yeah. I, I thought they did. Maybe you're right. But either way, this worked brilliantly. And it's taken them this long to get back to a level where they're kind of confident and they believe in the, the defensive alignment they have. So now, Anthony Cunningham has, has got to a point where the team seems to be playing for him yeah. in a definitive style. And it's shit or bust for him. If he mm. loses the game, he's gone. He's probably gone anyway. Well, if they reach an all final, he's going to surely come back and say, right, lads, if you want me, I'm staying. I want to yeah. stay. We've got, like, and they're they're still young enough. They, that's the problem. Like, it's just that there's this weird sort of Damocles hanging over the whole thing where it goes to shit if they lose. And that, that's... And they are huge. That Brian mentioned there. I can't get over how big Galway are. They're it's the massive, biggest yeah. team I have ever seen on a hurling field. 1-15. to 15, They're absolutely tanked. They're all over six foot. And if they could just somehow harness that physicality and take it to the opposition. The thing is, go with 2012, that squad of players, that was close to the peak of their powers. Like, this is this is actually quite a young team. This is a very young mm. team, you know. Johnny Glynn isn't, isn't as good as he's going to be. Like, Jason Finn is still a lot yeah, to go. Colin Mannion. Mannion the, the defenders as well. you got Hanbury and Mannion too. There's a lot left in this go with team. You can't. No guarantees though, Tommy. No, you exactly. Know, has to be this year. Lads, we'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Nice one. Good luck. The Friday GAA Podcast, with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. A goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGrath, and surely give it in, Conor. Oh, what a goal! Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Team Mackie chance. still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal. I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly, but will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, work the street. I've been a looks